don't point that gun at him, he's an unpaid intern. That's right people, and welcome back to Films of Amigos. Today we're setting out on a mission of revenge with the life aquatic of Steve Zizou. Anyone who wants to tag along is more than welcome. And joining myself as usual is Sam, Big Dan, and B-team leader himself, Francis Lee. Supposedly Cousteau and his cronies invented the idea of putting walkie-talkies into the helmet. But we made ours with a special rabbit ear on the top so we could pipe in some music. The Belafonte, home to Team Sisu. Skilled crew of deep sea divers, adventurers, documentary filmmakers. Action! Led by internationally renowned oceanographer Captain Steve Sisu. Expert on every aspect of marine life. Swamp leeches, everybody! Check for swamp leeches! Nobody else got hit? I'm the only one with steel. But there remains one form of life about which Captain Sisu knows very little. You're supposed to be my son, right? I want you on Team Sisu. The answer's yes. Well, it's got to be. I'm already a red cap and a spear. Oh! This will be Team Sisu's most ambitious adventure to date. I'm gonna go on an overnight drunk, and in 10 days, I'm gonna set out to find the shark that ate my friend and destroy it. What would be the scientific purpose of killing it? Revenge. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 37 of Films of Amigos. For this week, we decided to journey back to Wes Anderson's world, following... um, a much-loved Grand Budapest Hotel recommended by Food Circle Supermarket guys. And then we had Fantastic Mr. Fox selected by Dan. And we were in a bit of an impasse this week, so we thought we'd all try another Wes Anderson, the life aquatic with Steve Zizou. It's a good one to, to default to. If we're, ever, if we're ever stuck for anything, I think we'll just, just fall back on Wes Anderson for a week. Yeah. There's a, there's a few others, isn't there? Um, yeah. A few left to, left to tackle. We've not seen the back catalogue yet, have we? Fuller. Or not reviewed the back catalogue. Who's seen this before? Yes. Well, no. I have seen it, but I don't remember. Uh, there's quite a few parts that I don't remember at all. First time I've, from me. I've seen the end before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually just turned it on once and just watched like, the end of the film. <laughs> I remember that. What did you say, yeah. Did you say, no, first no. time watch for you? First time for me, yeah. Yeah. 2004. Aye. Yeah, quite old. I guess. I didn't realize it, it is it was quite old. old. No, because I, and I think there's a crack to this, isn't there? Obviously, with Wes Anderson's style, he almost. Timeless. Yeah, inevitably, because of the old, because of the. Making it look retro in places and having the claymation and all the old, all these different things. And the obviously the the um, the uh, weird sets and everything else. You know what I mean? The kind of backdrops that are made like almost real backdrops, but cardboard cutout kind of things. They they don't age because they stand out on purpose. Hmm. It's that quirky style, isn't it? That just kind of, yeah. Just there's a well, there's a yeah, definitely like distinct look and feel for all of his stuff. 
Um, but yeah, yeah, I'd agree. It, it definitely almost de-ages the film. Like, it's weird because it's so obvious um, and made to, made to stand out that, yeah, you come back to it and you'd be surprised by just how old some of his films are. Yeah, I think the noticeable actor that looks like he's from 2004, though, is Owen Wilson. <laughs> he, does, he does look quite young in this. Kate Blanchett, too. Yeah. Really? Jeff Goldblum clearly doesn't age. Yep. Oh, no, no. Same across every every film, isn't it? Vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbledore's been Dumbledore since Dawn of Time, and it's all Michael Gambon. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> About Will and Devoe. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Klaus. It, 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 I mean, realistically, Willem Dafoe just steals so many scenes. He's so good in this. I love, I love this spin around Green Goblin. Willem Dafoe <laughs> as well. Spin around uh, Spider-Man. <laughs> There's some wild stuff, but even right at the beginning of the film. Before we get into that... Does anyone want to just summarise what the story is of the life of Quiet with Steve and Zizou? Anyone want to take a run at it? Oh, do you know me? Well, it follows the documentary film crew led by Steve Zizou, who is an oceanographer, I guess is the, the job. Yeah. yeah. And it opens, obviously, with part one of um, a documentary he's making. And then the film proceeds to follow the filming of part two, the hunt for the jaguar shark. He's a bit down on his look. Things he's not quite at the uh, top of his career anymore, and there's also a few twists along the way. He's lost a bit can. of a spark. Yeah, he's lost a bit of a spark. People are calling into his integrity of his work and things, but. Mm-hmm. That's right. And the, the disbelief. Oh, sorry, Dan. Best friend Esteban has been eaten as well. Oh yeah, by the uh, the supposed yeah jaguar shark. <laughs> I mean, That's kind of the crux of the, the story. Elusive. Isn't it? That's kind of yeah, but that that shot because when you're seeing part one, you're seeing it between these two red curtains, like the styling to make it like as if you sat in the theater where they're watching part one. And that, that is the first bit that made me laugh when Bill Murray, uh, Steve pops out of war and he's like, Esteban was eaten. And then Klaus goes, is he dead? Was <laughs> <laughs> he swallowed whole? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, poor Esteban. And you get the good press, the press conference after that part one where like some of the reporters and stuff are saying like, was there even a Jaguar shark? <laughs> Is yeah, he even the, dead? Because the people think he's just trying to re-spark his career. <laughs> but it's his best friend. Like He's not going to lie about it. No, Esteban. It's got to be one of the strangest openings to a film. But this unless unless so you strange. know Wes Anderson. I feel like it would be a massive turn-off for a lot of film goers. It can kind of make me wonder whether this was supposed to be like a reference to kind of what was there a point in life where kind of documentary films were, were shown in this way or is this some kind of cultural reference? Because they're in kind of like um, 
a grand operatic theatre, aren't they? Mm. It looks like a very, it's like an award show, isn't it? It's like a very high class crowd. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think there is a, um, I'm sure when I was reading about it, it said that it was inspired by um, some other like big documentary, um, like some Italian film crew, um, which is, yeah, maybe, maybe actually does like confirm that point. Yeah. And that, yeah. yeah. Jack Cousteau was the oceanographer guy, I think, wasn't it? That I think it's yeah. done. Yeah, the, yeah. There's somebody that I'm sure Wes was taking like a massive inspiration from everything from um, when I was reading about it, from the, the style to the to uniform, um, yeah, and just the the use of like the, the color palette and stuff that he'd got in the film, um, yeah, heavily inspired like the hats, um, everything, everything was kind of like just ripped straight from that. Get him a red hat and a speedo. There you go, listeners, some, some half-hearted research for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think you were yeah, right, just... though, Fran. I, I think going in, I, I, I found the actual structure of this film to be very awkward. And I'd say it's probably even bad-paced. I don't know about mm. anyone else. Um, Terribly paced. I think what I've gathered, just from the small conversation we've had about this film, that quite a few of us watched this in more than one sitting, which is never a good sign. Yeah, I were, uh, I just, yeah, I started it and I thought, oh, it's Wes Anderson. So with the, you know, the the amazing Grand Budapest, and then, you know, an awesome follow up by doing Fantastic Mr. Fox. I was just, I don't know. I thought, oh, I'm going back to an old one. It must be great. But then, yeah, when it started and stuff, and I just thought oh, the story is not something that I'm massively interested in. But I thought that doesn't matter because the other film was about a hotel. So, come on, this is going to be, you know, it is going to be good, I'm sure. Um, but then, yeah, it, it's just too scattered. One minute here, there's a character thing here. You know, you're splitting off and you've got a bit of, like, character building. Then there's random bit of action. It's just, yeah, felt like it was a bit all over the place. I think it's one that definitely benefit from watching again at some point. Feels like there is a lot of, or like a lot more characters within this one compared to the others, perhaps. Yeah, I know what I mean. It's not, it doesn't seem as easy to, to follow through. Because I think this is the difference between this and Grand Budapest Hotel. I think the comedy is still the same, and it's like oh, yeah. that, quir- that quirky comedy, but the difference is with Grand Budapest is the story's paced out and the general dialogue allows it to flow. Whereas this is almost that awkward, quirky comedy to awkward, quirky comedy to awkward, quirky comedy, just non-stop sporadic jumps. But Mm. they've not got that concrete filler in between just to keep the, the film going. And I feel like towards the end of the film, they get into a pace where it does have it. And it's almost oh, like yeah. the, the, the the final act's so much better than the rest of the film. The final act feels like a proper film's final act, whereas the beginning, um, so even like the first and middle, um, middle third, it, it doesn't, it, it feels like, because it's a documentary within a, it almost feels like a documentary of a documentary, of some people making a documentary. There's just that, that subplot of, you know, he's, he's struggling to find that spark and then he's like, right, we've filmed part one, 
it's not been a great success. Part two, we're going to find it. So you kind of, as a viewer, you're on the journey, but then there's all the subplots and diversions and the, that odd quirkiness. Whereas Grand Budapest was just like a caper. You followed the main protagonist. You had a couple of offshoots, but you know, it, it just flew, like just flowed much better. Easier to follow. Like the comedy was just a little bit more consistent. Mm. Because I mean, Even after though. that, after, after that film premiere, you've got the they have the part the after party on a boat. Then you jump to so that's getting, introduction like, Owen Wilson, and then Owen, Owen Wilson. Then you get the, that cool cross section shot of the ship. I do like yeah. that when they're doing the tour of the ship, and it's that cross just cross section cut, and you can see all different rooms. and And he's talking about having got a sauna, yeah, and they keep a masseuse and stuff. <laughs> and everything. I'm guessing that's like a real set as well, isn't it? I'm yeah, guessing that's an actual yeah. two-scale kind of cross-section of a boat. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is like, it's like, that's amazing, like, production value with the the water and the dolphins as well. Mm. Yeah. Looks amazing. They yeah, because it's, they it's the end of the film. a couple more the, times, don't they? You get the full fly-through. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the beginning, the shot. Yeah, at the beginning, you kind of get that nice... Cut, you know, half cut shot of it all, so you can just see all the the layout and stuff as uh, Steve's taking you on a a tour of each section, and then yeah, later on in the film, you're like, oh, you see how all those rooms are joined together, um, yeah, and you fully experience the set. Everyone just chilling. There's always there's like a character just in every room. Yeah, I like that kind of bit. There's some bits like the um, when he goes to have wine with his with Ned, that I know it's it's designed to show that uh, Steve's got like this high image of himself because he's like the way he brings the wine out to Ned and he's like he knows nothing about wine, give it to <laughs> But then like the people around the corner are basically saying that he's a creep and almost <laughs> calling him a paedophile and all sorts. So he's like, <laughs> and he takes that earring out and throws it and then he fetches it in back there. <laughs> But the problem is, he's like too much of that, like random, you know, so tangents. random. That beginning bit where um, they're at the awards, well, the award ceremony, the the showing of part one, and the old guy comes up and he's like, "Ah, oh, could you just sign this and this one <laughs> and this one?" <laughs> and Steve's just signing him, and he's like, "How many of these do you have?" And he's like, "Oh, but I... <laughs> he says, why don't you just forge the rest?" Oh, but I've come, I've come all this way. <laughs> I mean, I love well, stuff like that, but it's just it, it's just so uh, sporadic. Yeah, and for a long for a two hour runtime, for some yeah. reason it just it just feels a bit heavy in places. Yeah. Mm. It it felt a lot longer than two hours. Yeah, which is, is when you know it's um, the person not streamlined. Goes. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, it's because they've got, when you're in the boat and it's a set and the camera's setting as if you're the live audience watching the performance. But then when it cuts to like topside or, you know, when they further in the film, um, you know, where they've got the mutiny and then they've got the rescue mission, which are awesome set pieces. It's just a weird, like, break in the filmmaking. Like it feels yeah. like two different halves of the film. You've got the weird, quirky indoor environments that are sets and that aren't on a, an actual bone sub. 
um, which are cool because there's, there are some really cool shots where, or really odd cutaways where you're seeing things that, you know, obviously like animated, but then you just got superimposed shots of like actual actors and stuff in the, in the whole, in the windows and stuff. But yeah, then the film just takes on a completely different stance when it's topside and you, you're actually outside, then it feels like a proper film. Yeah, where they're actually on the boat. Yeah. Eventually, like in the water somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, I agree. I think I think even more so where kind of like a lot of the the documentary stuff that's supposed to be filming where it's underwater and they're using like models of fishes. And yeah. It's like clearly like fake. Oh, I found that really stuff. jarring to then when you go into the top of the boat and it's just like a real sea. Yeah. You're actually just... on a real boat. I found it, it, it was kind of like a tonal shift that I could never get used to. Mm. Um, it was right at the beginning as well. Again, it, again, you? I don't know about anyone else, but it, it really, yeah, I found that the, the way he just shifted tonally, yeah. he, just, he just could never get in. Again, it just took me out of the film. I think it took me out of the film more than kind of like including of... including the bit with the um, seahorse because that's when I realised, oh, the, it, it, that's where they're introducing that style. So every other film has got that in there. Oh, I'm trying I, to think actually, yeah. Grand Budapest did it. Yeah, because when like, like at the like the the skiing bit when they're skiing. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then I again, I think of... I, I think all the Grand Budapest. Sorry, Dan, I just interrupted. I was say, yeah, I was just thinking. I was sort of used to it from just knowing that it's his it's his style. But yeah, yeah. that's that's just it. But I was waiting for like when it was going to be introduced. But then it was like, oh, so all the all the you know the creatures and stuff are going to be like this. It's like ah, okay, that's why they're doing it. I think with Grand Budapest, though, it's like all over the top. Mm. I think that's I think that's the difference in in Grand Budapest. It's kind of like I know I know the inside of the hotel is real, but even like the old hotels really just over the top and like glaring. Mm. And I think I think I think it has the same tone all the way through. You know, even even that's even though that ski bit's like a bit. It's funny though. Yeah, <laughs> funny. It's it's still like you know you have the gondola bit as well up to the mountain top. Uh, um, you have the whole train sequence, you know, the whole train yeah. being. Fa- I think, I think, Grand, I think there's going to be a lot of comparing it to Grand Budapest, but that that has the same tonal level. Whilst this, I just think it's just switching too much. Does it though? Because Grand Budapest also has a real train and real sets and everything. I didn't find that so much that the style or the tone was the jarring thing. I thought the jarring thing was the the lack of progression in the storyline for the first hour and twenty minutes. Yeah, two thirds. Like, yeah, they like set off to go find the Jaguar shark, and really, they don't get into anything for the first at least hour. You know, what I mean, they go to that like compound, and it, it seems like all, it... Oh, so many just quirky, random things happening that don't really contribute to anything. And shots of the bank and they're getting the loan and everything that oh, just yeah. seems a bit like <laughs> yeah, just. What about the Adidas so. thing? Oh, where they get the the, the new uniform and stuff. Yeah, and he's he's got the the Adidas Sambas with um, Steve Zizou on him, and he says that they made a limited limited run only that they've discontinued. <laughs> yeah, red hats, pistol sidearm, Adidas trainers. <laughs> so random. <laughs> you all carry a Glock. Yeah, <laughs> everyone gets a Glock. The, the intern share one. <laughs> Yeah, the rest of it just seems to be figuring out if, if Steve is likable or not. 
Yeah. But, just when you said earlier, Sam, it was like, oh, nothing happens for the first, let's just say two thirds. Um, it is all literally just establishing that oh, Steve's a bit of a dick and it's not going right for him. And, you know, the crew, he just seems to be doing stuff wrong, um, which all seems to time in with each time there's like a power outcut. There's, it seems like those power outcuts like highlight key events to which Steve will just like walk out on, oh, something else has gone wrong. Oh, fuck it. And it was just. I, I, I do like some of the things. Like when he goes up in the hot air balloon with the reporter. And he tries to kiss her, and it's super awkward. <laughs> I like that, but it's just like, like you said, there's just too many. It's like almost just overlaying it too many times. Like, yeah, like breaking into the repeat. room as well and reading through her, her notes. Yeah, and like you yeah, say, yeah, all the ships falling apart, and then he's disgruntling Klaus by letting Ned alt boom Mike upside down and all sorts of those things. <laughs> the, 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 I do like, like that scene, funny. though. Introduction yeah. of Jane on the on the beach was was good, especially when he's like, you know, I want you on Team Zisu. And, and no, like, it's, it's, uh, and it's all good. That... It's just some reason. It's just like dragged out, isn't it? That's the yeah, thing. They were yeah. all funny. There were so many funny bits. <laughs> Nobody picked me up from the effing airport. Why don't you swear? <laughs> oh, I'm trying to get out. <laughs> trying to get the habit before the baby comes. Or when he's I mean, been interviewed, it's the first interview by. Which I thought actually was really, really good. Um, the killer whale. So these it's two distracting. Sat, yeah. It's a distracting killer whale. Completely. <laughs> I, think, I mean, Dan, you're right. I think you have to watch the film again to like pick up on stuff because I was just watching I think, the killer whale. Do yeah, that. I think you have, to, you have to watch it again to appreciate it. That's the problem. Yeah, it's definitely be, a, a double view. Yeah. Like you were saying, Fran, I did watch something afterwards about all the bits around his spark and the electricity and the significance of that play. So I think if you did watch it again, then you'd be looking out more for, for those bits and, and what they mean. Yeah. Cause when I, when I saw that in the, oh, I've watched it in like three parts. So I watched the first part, then watched something else um, and I'm reading about it. And then it said about the spark and I thought, Oh, Steve has lost his spark. And then it's like, the thing that it called out was um, it's the, it's the mutiny scene. So, it's him drawing the line and saying, oh, the staff don't like him and stuff. Is that after they have the pirate attack? Or Did before? you watch a, a breakdown of this film midway through watching this film? <laughs> oh, no. Why, I, don't, why don't you just watch it and review it, man? I'd, I, I was watching it, but then I just thought, oh, I, I did get distracted reading reading up on it. I just I just fancied, like, you know, what's another opinion on this? There's about to be an internal in, inquiry in, <laughs> to, into the practices of films with Amigos because... One amigo, it appears, is not watching the films and just recycling other people's opinions. <laughs> Luckily for you, we do have an anti-corruption unit. It's called Big Dan. Dan, <laughs> you're on the case. I'll be uh, removing all Wi-Fi connections and uh, <laughs> mobile connections for Fran for the next next film. You will have one DVD. I just, I just thought it was... Does, just doesn't even credit his source as well. Doesn't even, you know. doesn't even credit his sources. Absolute scumbag. You are Steve Zizou, eh? <laughs> I do like um, when they go to rob um, Hennessy's sea lab <laughs> and he just picks up that coffee machine he's like does this make cappuccinos just passes it and then you just think like nothing of it like oh, just that was a little quirky thing we were still a coffee machine but it comes all the way back around to come back later on in film I just thought nice touch it's all the equipment that's like not. it's not like a small little sticker logo it's like fully 
cut out like the sheet metal. Yeah, it's got that print on it. It's got um, Hennessy operations on it. <laughs> How did you get hold of this? Uh... <laughs> yeah, because it, it's the end of the film, and as he says with that coffee machine, he's like, "Is this my espresso maker?" <laughs> and then that that Bond guy from Bank just goes, "Yeah, we fucking stole it." <laughs> like, just right. It just, I like. See, I like them little bits, like those little nuggets of quirkiness, but. Some of the other parts just a bit jarring. What do you think about music choice? Here's a, here's a question for you. I think it's good. That's good. Because there's a bit when they're cha- when they're investigating the phantom signal. Um, I can't quite remember what's actually happening in the scene, but it's got this like really funky like techno beat to it. And oh, that, that, that beat where... track when he just does yeah. that little dance once he's uh, explaining what they had. The little uh, antennas installed on the helmets rather than oh. walkie-talkies or whatever it is. <laughs> for, for the music, the radio to come in. Yeah. Uh, what a track. But yeah, that good. It was good. And then, not sure why, but they just seemed to... They picked a load of Portuguese David Bowie covers for, for that guy to perform on uh, occasion. Yeah, yeah. Because you just get yeah, those repeated shots of him playing acoustic guitar, don't you? Mm-hmm. I quite like those because I quite like how it, it kind of like a scene might start off on him and then it like the camera will like pan to something else, but you can still hear the music going mm. on. Mm. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. They're the best ones when he's on deck and pirates are just rocking up and he's just completely oblivious. He's just playing away and then <laughs> ladders <laughs> go up and he's like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> the whole what pirate about... scene's bonkers. That, fir- that, that ah, first the sequence with is... the pirates. It's, ah. I don't know if if that operation the rescue mission's the best bit. Oh, the, I think the rescue mission's better than the first bit, but it's just that thing when when you first see Steve break out of his out of his <laughs> his ropes, and then he just starts shooting. It like sets the tone of how they do gunfights, which is really. Oh good. my god! He just, yeah. he, just keep, he just shoots that pistol infinitely. And he's like they're all missing him from point blank range. <laughs> and that intern just gets stuck like... in his shoulder. <laughs> oh yeah, there's only like one shot. Uh, fight I think he hits somebody in the neck and kills them and then later on Hennessy gets gets clipped mm-hmm. um, I think one of the staff get gets clipped in the knee or something but very yeah just hilarious how many shots are fired and then um, of which land is is just yeah it's ridiculous it, it, it is that machete to the shoulder yeah, it's just so random. It's just like <laughs> it's just bandaged. It made me laugh, but it's so random. Yeah, it's I so mean, random. I mean, I think mine might be a hot take, but I thought the action scenes just felt so out of place. Mm. I think, I think part of it is kind of Wes Anderson being almost like a victim to his own style here, where he's kind of like breaking out of that style, and I'm not entirely sure it worked. Do you, you think that's not in his style? No, not really. The the, the music choice and uh, the camera movement, yeah, just com- completely like. I think the music choice is bang in his style because it's same as we we're, we're a lot of no, it, like, it was like fast paced and loud and not 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 actually see music. I, I think that was. I it just felt so out of place. So out of place. 
that's not loud. It's, 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 it uses the same techno funk beats like all the way through the film. That's the consistency point. I, I don't think with the action scene. I, I think the action scene was completely different. Music. Yeah, had, uh, like Iggy Pop and someone else for the action scenes. But I like. Do it. Yeah, so I thought they were a bit more rocker, but yeah, but I still I think they're still within the same style. They're all instrumental. It's all kind of based around a beat and like electro kind of guitar noises. Are you saying, Ben, that you didn't enjoy the mutiny, escape, slash, pirate invasion? I did, but again, it's just just so out of place. I think I think particularly the the pirate bit, not necessarily the rescue mission, because I think that was a lot more kind of like in his style. But the um, a lot more yeah, it's, it's just just the action scene. They just felt a bit out of place. Couldn't quite explain it. Might have been out of place, but I think they were redeeming features of the film. I thought we out of them. It were good. It were. It were definitely on the wrong side of the of a score to come. Yeah, I think without it, because without it just them, kept what the have pace, you got? Yeah, it would have yeah, been a bit, bit dull. Definitely would have been dull. But when Hennessy pulls up to rescue him, that for some reason I thought that was one of the funniest lines when <laughs> Jeff Goldblum just shouts across, "Good God, is that you, Stephen?" <laughs> I don't know why it made just it tickle me so much. Just that that massive boat had just sneaked up on them all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I do. I do think one of the funny bits from the the uh, the the pirate um, the pirate invasion is when uh, they're asking about the money, and he's like, "Oh, we don't have oh. any money." And it's got that. It's got. It's got like the uh, yeah, the video <laughs> where they're all watching it, and it's like. You keep ten different currencies locked. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, where's the vault? There, there is no vault. And then, yeah, second yeah. <laughs> That made me laugh. Made me laugh. <laughs> oh, isn't it when Hennessy's pulling up and they're like, "But what about this guy?" So the one that they've killed. Oh, I just took him over to the side. <laughs> oh yeah, they're, they're filming the scene and want to do it. <laughs> Trying to make it all emotional and then they're just like, <laughs> get right oh, quick. quick. <laughs> Uh. When they have the mutiny as well, though, and he says, "Step on this side of the line." <laughs> if you, if you know, if you know, like, if you no longer want to, like, if you no longer want to wait with me, Clav steps over and he's like, "What are you doing, Clav?" Clav's like, "Is this the side of the line where I work with you?" Or... <laughs> Again, though, you've got to this point, and you feel like maybe it paces just about to correct, and then it like uncorrects straight away. And you get all that like weird scene gonna that villa in Hennessy's villa and stuff and seeing the ex-wife and I felt like it went out went out of sequence again. Yeah, that's where I've got a uh, a gap in the old in the old notes. Yeah, because he goes to Villa Hennessy. And again you get He's asking his ex-wife for some money. Oh, he's still his wife, but she's gone there. She, and she's Hennessy's ex-wife. Is that right? Yeah, because he finds the photo, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah Hennessy's ex-wife. I think it's still his wife, but they're kind of estranged, though. Yeah. She's got, that, she's, got, she's got that like young 20-year-old dude who's absolutely <laughs> shredded, and she's like, yeah, this is so-and-so, my, my assistant or whatever. So random. Just again, just completely random. The random bit in that scene is when he's talking to her, and then just a random lizard crawls on his hand. And he yeah, and he just flicks it off. Flicks yeah, it yeah. 
Yeah, but again, it's like a claymation animation yeah. lizard, isn't it? It's not real, like not just it's made to it's made to be jarring, isn't it? Against his hand, it looks weird. Yeah, I don't know. It's meant to be some sort of like he doesn't really care about animals. It's more just uh, just about the filmmaking or something. I don't know. Well, there's so there's some really weird like, scenes animals. Can... Yeah, because he's like Jeff Jeff Goldblum the... goes and slaps the dog on <gasps> newspaper, and he's like, didn't yeah, <laughs> yeah, wasn't so wasn't strange. a fan of that. That was I just didn't get it. Why that was necessary? I don't know. Is it is it trying to say his character is like similar to Stevens Zeus? Where again, despite being a oceanographer, they just don't care about the animals. But Zisu, welcome the dog. What's good? Is it? Did you welcome the dog? I think I think I I don't think it was too pleased to start off with. I think I think he came to. I mean, they do abandon the dog. Yeah, yeah. they just abandon yeah. the dog later on. <laughs> it's just that great well, moment. He's like, "We got to go back for Coda," and they turn around and all, all crew members are just shaking their heads like, "Nah, <laughs> bye, Coda." <laughs> so random. Oh, oh, that may be Steven Zeus. Maybe he cared about the animals once because he he does keep the seahorse alive at the start, doesn't he? And he splits the bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Puts in the wine glass. It. Yeah, and yeah. carries it. Lifts yeah, it maybe maybe he's just forgot about the animals because of his own. Again, it's it's about his own ego and legacy, isn't it? Kind mm-hmm. of like it's where the film's going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you find out shortly after that point that um, Ned's definitely not his son. But you get uh, this why? whole relationship with confidential chat. Yeah, Steve shoots blanks, and yeah, Ned's not his son, and everything, and. Because the, they, they tell you all the way through the film, don't they? Where they, neither of them are supposed to really know one hundred percent whether he's his son or not and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is it unclear? Do, do, do we think Steve knows his shooting blanks? Well, he finds he, out. I think he know. must do. Uh, mm. He finds out because he get he reads the letter as he's boarding the chopper, and then and then Steve says to him, "What was in the letter?" And he says, nothing worth talking about. Because it's not at that point. It's not about whether he's really his biological dad. He is his dad. All right. Is, is that what in, the in the fields. Yeah, I yeah. Because Kate, um, is, it, is she called Kate? Jane? Jane. Jane? Jane. Yeah, Kate, Kate, Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Yeah, Jane. Mm-hmm. She's she's found out and she's wrote the letter. And yeah, and he's reading the letter from, from Jane as his board and chopper. All right. Yeah, and he's supposed to say, like, that's supposed to be like, he, he found out that. Um, Steve's not his dad, but he obviously doesn't but say then, it. How did you read that letter so fast? It's in like cursive and stuff. Because <laughs> the plot required it. Like a second. That's right. Yeah, if that's your biggest problem with this film, ben, no, I mean, I mean, how, how did you read it? So fast? How did, did, how did, did I read it? it? Yeah. No, no, I didn't read it. I didn't. I just obviously understood right. that that was the, thought, what they were implying. I was, I was well, why would it? Why would what significance would but that? But Steve, Steve was asking about it though, and he was like, "Oh, what, yeah. what was in it?" And then nothing worth discussing yeah, yeah. because at that point you kind of established that, like, you know, not only is it taken on, like, you know, Klaus has now been um, the relationship there has been rectified. It's like right now with Ned, it's like it doesn't matter. Like you said, it's, it doesn't matter if it is true or not. It's just he's come on board. You know, he's helped out. They've they've bonded. 
Now they just accept that it is true. All right. I, you see, I definitely said that because Steve also was kind of wheel keen as well, wasn't he? Ah, uh, but isn't this after him yeah, kind of comes had, to terms with it? Yeah, because they've had the fight and everything's been rectified there. Hasn't they? he broken into the room and he's putting on uniform and he's like, or am I getting ahead? I can't remember where that segment No, no, in, but... no, no. Oh, no, because yeah, obviously that... they have the axe. And... Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, so... all they, that's all they're on, isn't it? Yeah. So that's that's how they establish it. And then... Um, oh, but, so oh, this... be... Yeah, before... Uh, we've jumped around a little bit. He finds out he's shooting blanks, but before that chopper scene and where Ned, when Ned reads the letter, there is the rescue operation, which oh, I assume is... you'll, you'll want to discuss because <laughs> straight gold. So random. Yeah, so they're having the argument, and that's the that then refers back to the scene that we discussed at the beginning, where um, it's the, the overlook of all the different sets, so they're going through all the different doors and they're trying yeah, to find somewhere to have the argument, but it's it's actually just like a recap of. Here's how it's all laid out. You know, characters just kind of in each room doing their jobs and actions. Yeah. It goes past um, Klaus in the hot tub and Klaus is like, are you fighting? And he's like, I'll deal with you later. (laughs) (laughs) And then the guys are playing guitars. Yeah, he's he's doing music. Yeah, and the cameraman, the cameraman's doing camera film, trying to film him as they're coming through. He's like, give me that camera. (laughs) Smash over the head with it. And then he then they build like the the command center and then uh, establish that it's the Ping Islands that they've got to go and investigate in order to. Oh, that's that's such a subtle little bit as well that's so funny when they're talking about those islands and Steve's giving them all debrief and he says, "This island here's name blah 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 and this is Ping Island and he points to an island and he puts his hand down and then his wife just points to a different island like the correct one. <laughs> <laughs> this one's got the hotel in. <laughs> Yeah, so not that's an old, old shot when they're running through the hotel, doing like the the sweep, looking for the pirates. Oh yeah, so day twenty seven, the operation. So they've they've landed, um, and they've made it into the the old, rundown hotel. And there's nobody there. Yeah, some great bits with Klaus though when he says like. When he's dividing them into squads, he's like, I'll, I'll take B-team. Ned. Yeah. <laughs> like, Why am I the B team? He, he, he says, he says, he says, I, okay, okay, I'll say it nice, mate. I'm trying to, I'm trying to put on the German accent. We are, <laughs> we are completely thinking of it. He just, he says, says to him, uh, you know, you're the leader of the B team. You know me and Esteban always thought of you as a son. And he's like, and I always thought of you as my dad's. Don't let them pick on me for saying it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, don't don't let them make fun of me for saying that. Yeah. that yeah. I, I can't promise, Klaus. <laughs> it's as well when he picks the team, when he picks the initial teams, and it's like, thanks for not picking me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he just storms off. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're in the B team, but you're the leader of B. Ah. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So random that whole thing, and then obviously when he stumbles on the pirates playing cards with Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> it's the funniest bit of film. But is they've, they've been able to like completely, um, like clear all the hotel basically, and then it's it's just this random noise, isn't it? Or one room that they've not it's checked the behind dog. the cloak cloak room. Ah, oh. 
Cody, oh. Cody stays behind her, then he goes to see what, what Doug's looking at. And but then... they've already done the rescue, though. They've managed to grab the yeah, hostage at the, this point. Get the uh, the bondsman from the bank. That's it. But then they go and back it... because, yeah, it's, it's yeah it's Cody that's whining it. Um, yeah, going around this other corner and then... It's just how Jeff Goldblum's like... Turns. Even are you here to save me? He's like, he's like <laughs> looks at him like... Mm. Are you rescuing me? Not he's really. like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> it's like, it's like playing poker, aren't you? He goes, fold. <laughs> he gets a good hour and just shoots him. <laughs> it's like that machete to the shoulder scene. It's just yeah. it's overly brutal. To like. <laughs> the most weird is as well, like, I instantly assumed he were dead. Yeah. Yeah. As you would, but then he's just this shell there on it. He's just, he's just got like blood just pouring out of his back and his chest yeah. on his white t shirt. Yeah, it's like a gunshot to the center chest, and he's just like yeah. holding it with his hand, running <laughs> <laughs> again. Like some proper weird set choices when they're, when they're having the shootout over the little bridge that's literally only like two meters big, but there's um, an upturned golf cart from the hotel with a like a big a yellow hyphen on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's just saying like, oh, I'll get some cover fire get him get him out of here get him some medical help yeah, just to close <laughs> you're a squad now oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I love as well when, it, when he runs is it Ned that runs back inside with the dynamite oh, and yeah, you can Ned hear all close. the gunfire and they're, they're just all like, stood outside like by the pool just waiting yeah, yeah. <laughs> the camera just sits on the crew doing absolutely yeah, nothing yeah camera just sits on <laughs> Just an awkward silence, waiting for waiting for something to happen, and then the whole the whole floor just blows up. Yeah, and when he runs down to the beach, and he's just about to shoot that that young boy with his, with his spear gun, and then like accounting guy's like, "No, this is a friend," and he's like, "We will send him a red hat and some speeders." <laughs> and then they forget Coda, but yeah. Cody's back home anyway, so I think it's all good. I think that's Fair what around. Steve Steve. Um, come, you know, I guess Filipino pirates. Ugh. Yeah, it's not ideal, but <laughs> it is what it is. Show about nature. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> comes full circle. I feel like after that, the helicopter crash scene is so random. So random, and you're just like you think, oh, but, but Ned's going to pull through. But then the the sending him off, and you're like, whoa, hold on a minute, there's a funeral. What, Ned? The whole point of the film. But, yeah. yeah, it's brutal. I mean, a bit the whole the whole crash uh, during the again. This is another <laughs> bit I find jarring. Is is where throughout where during the water, like wading, and Ned's on like like a life raft, isn't he? And but uh, you're, in, you're in the shot where they're actually in like, I mean, it might not be the ocean, but it, it obviously looks like the ocean. Uh-huh. And you see the camera like it like briefly goes underwater, and you see like all the red because he's obviously like like bleeding horrifically. Yeah. And that's just so so in contrast to like where they were doing like where they're obviously in like um yeah the earlier look at it. Well, I think I was thinking back to like the earlier scenes where it's showing like the documentary where they're like clearly in like a pool or something with some <laughs> fake fish. <laughs> it's so it's so weird now it's, it's now it's so realistic yeah it's now not, this is a, like super realistic a... like super horrific and it's like oh what's going on <laughs> but the but then it was the super jarring section before that because it's the it's the really like flash cuts of the um you've got the bubbles the the full screen red um just a lot of 
flashes on screen it, for the, it, for the it crash. Flashes, um, it flashes back to the Italian theatre with Steve, uh, with oh, Ned that, stood that on the balcony. Yeah. yeah, it's just yeah. like, it's just a bit all over the place, isn't it? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know, no one seems to care he's dead. No, no. no. Oh, no, I well. Think, I think that's a bit of the, um, Steve, Steve's, Steve's wife's crying, isn't he? And he says, Oh, that's yeah, the, the first, first time. time. That's the first time she's ever cried. Apart from she caught her arm in some piece of machinery. I think this is kind of like a, the, the tonal. Um, he, he likes his dry wit, doesn't he? Kind of uh, was Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, make, making a contrast to Grand Budapest Hotel. I think that's why. I think the Grand Budapest Hotel handles kind of like the death side so much better when it's kind of like. It's just telling you like what happens to the characters like in the future from a narrator's perspective. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like just a bit more clarity on it, whereas in this, yeah, well, in this is just like, yeah, and then you still you don't feel like I, I don't think you got any emotional response from mm. the characters. You know? It's just uh, yeah, it's just a weird thing because then then it it's, it's just ramped up. You've got. You've had the rescue, the helicopter accident, a death, and then we're straight into like, right, we're on the heels of the Jaguar shark now, so it's it's time to cut to the end of the film. And I was like, huh, nobody grieves. Nobody, there's, there's no real acknowledgement, yeah, except for when you see the film. But, and the but it was Ned's stuff. wish, weren't it? It was Ned's wish. Ned wanted him. Ned was the reason why he didn't he didn't stop looking. He said to him, you've got, to, you've got to go and try. Oh, yeah. But I do love the bit when he's like, Hey anybody! Hey everybody! Anyone want to go for a ride? That just cuts to the everybody, whole, everybody, the entire crew. <laughs> Michael Gambon, all these people. And then it just cuts to the dashboard of the sub and that little plaque that just says "Maximum six people do not exceed." <laughs> I love as well the, the running gag through the film where there's the sub is named after his ex-wife and it's got like a big cross for it. Yeah. And then like renamed for like the deep sea explorer or whatever. <laughs> he's got he's got the same tattoo yeah. on his shoulder. Like yeah. his yeah. name is like crest off and then <laughs> the name of the sub on it <laughs> underneath. And yeah, then and, uh, the the Jaguar. Jaguar shot. But first we get a few weird overlays of like fake fish and some special effects and stuff and each character getting their brief moment just looking out of the the portholes yeah, just being like huh with this deep or something yeah. <laughs> his research tool unsurvived <laughs> just going back to that um, to the rescue mission on the island there's just that good bit when he's talking to anything he like Steve's like feels like he's got finally got one up on him and he says like oh you know, we we came past your ship on the way, and it looked completely turtled. And then he's like, "Yeah, oh. we're, insu- we're insured for the teeth. If anything, I'll probably make money on it." <laughs> we're heavily insured or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just thought that was class. <laughs> yeah, the jaguar shark, and then cut then cut to the end in part two. But you see it in the theater, and but unlike part one, Steve Zizou's not not there because yeah. he, he didn't want to watch it. Yeah, well, he, he lets the he lets the shark live, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, you don't well, kind of know whether that's yeah. You don't know whether it's a change of heart or the fact is that a dynamite. Um, 
but then it, it, you kind of get the nice shot where he where he tears up mm. kind of everyone comforts him yeah comforts him it's kind of like um it's like his redeeming moment yeah it's, yeah, redeeming. it's the first time you see his like facade slip as well isn't it it's yeah so i mean i thought what was funny though is where you see like you see a, a glint of the jaguar shark approaching but it's the uh, it's the homing beacon that's been uh, the flashing red and i'm uh, jumping all over the place here but <laughs> i just remembered that see that shot when they're just about to set off in chopper and klaus comes up to, to ned and says oh. <laughs> i want you to know when you put the k on the dolphin I want you to know how much it means to me in this solution. <laughs> that is so random. So funny. So funny. I, uh, I think we, is it because Ned's like, oh, yeah, it's fine. He goes, no, you, do, you don't realise. <laughs> <laughs> you don't realise how much it means to, to put the K on the dolphin. <laughs> but at a good moment before, yeah, before that character goes, disappears. When they're on about redesigning that logo, I just thought you straight away, friend. I just thought, friend, oh, yeah, to get, yeah, get hold of that. Get <laughs> of that like, how big is logo. the logo? Like, it's yeah. spread out on all the deck. Might be redesigning all them, all them uniforms. You'd redo, <laughs> redo Bobblehats. Yeah, Bobblehat might have to change colour. I'm not sure. Well, uh, yeah. Again, though, it's proper brutal that like, you don't see the flag until the next coffin. Yeah, yeah. In the water, and then you see it. Just going past the wire. Yeah. What do you rate out of ten, friend? The fuck is that? Oh, it's all right, isn't it? You know, <laughs> it's... <laughs> I'm like, what film? Are we done? All right, guys, cool. That's uh, uh, an adios for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's minimalistics. You know, it, it works. It'll age well. Functional. Hmm. Functional. Yeah. Nice one, done. It's got the Esteban. Esteban's nod on it, isn't it? <laughs> Did the jaguar shark eat one of the um, dolphins? It was no. Whatever they, they that had like a, fish they was had a bait, them. Yeah, they just had yeah. like a, a dead fish for bait, didn't they? To try ah. and draw it in. I wasn't sure yeah. if I'd missed something. And I looked back up and I was like, oh. I wonder if the albino dolphins had come down with them. But <laughs> I like as well when it's uh, it's coming at them in the. Uh... Jane's like, are we safe in here? It's like, I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody's got any like safety equipment on or anything. Yeah. Literally just as they were in character above sea level, like just chilling. And they're like, yeah, let's all just jump in this ship. Completely unprepared, but but still funny. Yeah, and I think that's it, isn't it? It really brings you to close. You get, you get. Steve gives passes on the um, the Steve Zizu uh, club ring, ring to um to a to a child. Is he supposed to have adopted the child or something? I went quite it's quite clear. Class, his nephew, isn't it? Oh, is that when what you it is? See him as at the start of the film. Is uh, yeah, because his nephew gives him the the uh, I did uh, wonder because he's like dressed yeah. in like complete stereotypical like German lederhosen, isn't it? and I did think like. Yeah. That is like such an odd costume design for this kid. What's that all about? But <laughs> that makes more sense if he's supposed to be Klaus's nephew and over the top stereotype German, I guess. Yeah, and then he leaves. He leaves his award on the steps, doesn't he? And he goes, um... "Yeah, happy with the result." And then if you keep walking, he he send the crew again and go back on the boat. 
apart from the topless woman. I noticed she wasn't there. Oh yeah, that's so random, isn't that it? That weird, because yeah. you, you only see like a couple of times at the beginning of the film, and like when he's briefing down what everybody does in crew, so and he says like, random. he says like, we've got so and so, she's the stripper or something, and it's just like you see her like once, and then <laughs> later on you just, oh, she's scriptwriter. Is that yeah, what he's? Because he, I thought he said stripper, and I thought, <laughs> oh, stripper, like <laughs> on that's staff. Like, uh, yeah, that no, because they got the masseuse on staff, and then like I thought they said stripper, and that's why she's topless all the time. But like scriptwriter, yeah. now it's even more random that she's a scriptwriter and got a tits out. Like it's even proper random now. Like I didn't get that at all. I just felt, like, I felt like, oh, they're just making like a cheesy joke about having an erotic, erotic dancer on the ship. But, like yeah. it switches at one point to like she is thing fully clothed like the rest of the film but yeah there's like for at least the first half she's not and yeah no comment is made about it at all <laughs> it's weird it's just the zaniness and Fran didn't mention it once which is amazing I this films are so forgot. all over the place I think <laughs> like <laughs> there's just too many weird things in there because even like I just remember now like the shot the, the the scene where Ned and Klaus have that first running like on like this like mm. walkway out to a lighthouse and everything and it's just like <laughs> he says, like, Klaus just starts off like looking like, back at yeah he's like don't ever talk to me like that ever again Klaus or I'm going to kick your teeth and then he just not if I get to you first and then like walks up and like you said he like glances back over his shoulder nervously <laughs> a couple of times it's just and then there's a second scene oh. where he confronts him in the, in the yeah, building get, and he yeah. walks up and slaps him. He's like, now we're even. He's like, no, we're not even. He's <laughs> like, yes, we are even. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the power outages and then uh, he just approaches him. So random. <laughs> Who wants to go first, given this a score? Um, go on then, Ben. Uh, Nominate yourself. Make sure and make uh, noises, Ben, unless you're going to tell. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, uh-huh. This film didn't click with me <laughs> as, as much as I thought it would as well, because I know I'm only ever a real soft spot for things that are like set in the ocean or underwater. What? Ocean Ben. I've known you for I've known you for ten city. years. You've never you've never once mentioned this ocean love. <laughs> I just want everyone to know that this sounds like bullshit. Our, our next four film picks are just gonna be ocean based. <laughs> that, that is, oh, here we that's, go. That's the link. Deep blue sea. Deep blue's back. On. <laughs> could, 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 could just do Jaws Jaws one to four. Or four eight meters down. And the mega game. Let's do the mega. Shark ver- <laughs> Sharknado. <laughs> No, no, that's on land. We, we don't. We don't have to go that far, friend. We don't have to go. Oh, it's a silent level. That's too far. Yeah, um, I, I think I think you guys have said already, but the kind of the last half of the film is a lot better than the first. I, I, I thought so as well. And that um, the pace of the story re- really picks up, and it just it just moves better. And I think I think the second half is a lot more funny. I think most of the stuff I write down, like the. The whole thing with the vault, the uh, the kind of really horrific acts of violence and uh, otherwise quite comical action scenes. Um, Bill Murray is amazing. I thought as being like, I mean, you you said he was like a dick friend, but he's way worse than that. Sometimes he's like completely unlikable sometimes with some of the <laughs> stuff he does. Um, but Bill Murray just can always pull it back, can't he? Because he's just so funny and like uh, has that charisma. Um, 
but yeah, yeah, I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't click with the film. And like, like I say, I think, I think I had to watch it in two parts. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna go with a, I think I'm gonna go with a six, six out of ten. I don't think it's bad. I, I struggle to like recommend it to anyone over like, I'd probably just say watch Grand Budapest. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's probably made part of the problem. I think, I think we've watched his best film first. Yeah, and comparing. Oh, well, I think that. I think I'm always comparing it to like, oh, Grand Budapest was just so good, and this, this I didn't think was as good. Yeah, so six is it's like it's good, but I, it just it just didn't click with me on that higher level. Maybe maybe a, a rewatch, like Dan say, you said Dan, there's so much you can pick up on. Yeah, that probably that. missed. Um, but whether I have the motivation to watch it again, I don't know. Maybe maybe I have to wait like a few months. Or... I feel like it could have been a good ninety-minute film. Agreed. Maybe maybe. But yeah, I'll, I'll jump in with my. I'm gonna, gonna place a seven down for, for my school. And yeah, think think what Ben said is fair. Every result's a shock. Um. Yeah, I think this one is would require a rewatch to fully I guess to fully understand like the redemption of uh, of Bill well, of, of Steve whereas yeah like Grand Budapest and Fantastic Mr Fox you could just rewatch them anyway for just the enjoyment I think they were far more overtly good I guess so yeah I think this one would Require a rewatch to, to fully appreciate it, and I think from like critic scores of this as well, I think probably similar. Wasn't appreciated at the time, but yeah, like Ben says, I think we we probably have done ourselves out a bit by by watching his arguably best one first. So we're always going to be comparing back to that one, but yeah, I'll go I'll go seven. Okay, I'll jump in then, Sam. Um, Sam and the boys. Um, I, I, That's uh, uh, my boy band group, by the way, that I also have. <laughs> I got Ben on bass. Dan on um, triangle. <laughs> you on drums? No, no, sorry. I, uh, I play jazz flute. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Sam and the boys. <laughs> Sam and the Dirty Boys. What? <laughs> we will have sex in your car again. <laughs> we will have sex on your ship. Anyway, check out the other guys. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> check back. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'll jump in. Um, it's no under siege. It's a really, it's a really a lot of boats. <laughs> And there's, oh, I can't believe there's a birthday cake scene. I completely like missed mentioning it. Um, but yeah, check out one of our early podcasts on the siege. Oh, we're just doing this every time now. We're just doing this every single episode. Oh, check out the siege. Check out Magic Mike. Oh my God, Interstellar is shit. You, you single... Yeah, but there's relevance here because it's about you know it's about a ship and there's boobs. <laughs> <laughs> and cake <laughs> but anyway 
going back to uh, you know a serious critic review um is i'm throwing a six down uh it's, it's a six out of ten for me i thought there were some good bits um and then some bits that just felt a bit drawn out and just didn't really fit with the rest um i think the final third is is the best uh best part of the film um but there are other you know there's there's just like snippets of like funny i mean well i say snippets of funny lines but there's just lines scattered throughout it that are hilarious. Um, but I think that's helped with like what you said, Ben. You've got Bill Murray and uh, the rest of the cast that are awesome. Um, but it's just, I don't know, I don't know if it's just the setting, the the way that it's just focused on Steve's ego and and then this subplot of Ned being, you know, may or may not be the biological son. Um, yeah, just felt a bit all over the place. But really enjoyed the rescue mission um and yeah bill murray's performance so it's uh it's a six out of ten sam all right it's been a hard one listening to these scores deciding <laughs> where 9. to sell 5. <laughs> no i because ultimately i do uh, i do agree with ben that it didn't click with me as a full film the ver- the first half I was, I was just like, oh, I can't believe I've got to watch the rest of this. It was, it was just so, yeah, just the pacing was just so wrong. But the second half, there's so much to like about it. And I think the writing has got some really great nuggets in it. And I think the acting's obviously just pristine all the way through. And the style is the style. It is Wes Anderson, so, you know. You get what it says on the tin. But does that make it a 7 out of 10? Or does it make it a 6.5? I think ultimately, because I rate most of the films we review on how much I enjoy them and whether I'd rewatch them, I'm going to settle on 6.5. Is that on the basis that you probably won't rewatch it? Um, yeah, like... Yeah, like I probably, mm. yeah, like like I could rewatch it, but from but most likely I'll never make the choice to do it. It'll just it'll only be out of some unusual circumstances. And yeah, I if I like... did rewatch it, I could find something to enjoy in it because there is there is good things, but it's not one that I'd... like to be honest. Like the amount we've talked about Grand Budapest, I'm now just thinking probably just going to watch Grand Budapest this this weekend because. It is so good. <laughs> but well, there was recommendation after this had finished. Um, is it yeah, something limited? Um, the boat, uh, not the boat, the train. Uh, oh, the darling Say again, who's pronouncing it right? <laughs> da- oh, Darjeeling. Is it the Darjeeling Limited? <laughs> you said that, but, think, on, isn't it? but on mine, it, it recommended Grand Budapest to oh, me when, when this finished. I got Grand Budapest as well. Yeah, but there's others that we've not. So I mean, I've not. I don't think I've seen limit uh, the during limited all the way through. But Isle of Dogs, I think that's the. I think we should definitely watch that. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear great things about Isle of Dogs from people who are, who I trust would like it for its pure entertainment value. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I highly recommend that one, but. Rushmore as well. That's another. It's one of his. I don't know if that was his debut or not, but it's that's also on Star. That's a really old one. Nineties. 
Yeah, when he's yeah. low budget indie. Yeah, there's not as much. I have, I did see that on a while ago. There's not as much weirdness in that one, it, but yeah, I think it is literally uh, one of his first, if not his first. The key thing here is people is that if you know, if you're wondering what we're going to review next, it's none of this. You know, we're going we're going for that critically acclaimed. We're going for that A grade material. We're going. Wait for it. It just cut out then. Yeah. Yeah, I got, I, got a phone, I, got, I got a phone call. So that was <laughs> random. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just cut my mic. I was just saying, and I'll say it again quickly because it was my brother calling and he tends to repeat the call nonstop until I answer. Big shout out to bro. What up? Army of Dead on Netflix next. Absolute <laughs> change in direction. Episode will be out slightly later because we're waiting for that to be released. But. If you're going from we're going from highbrow to lowbrow, we're going from style to I don't know. I was going surely, to say so, surely style again. If it's uh, it, it Zack is Snyder. it'll be Zack Snyder style <laughs> yeah. or uh, substance apparently, but yeah, zombies. That's what it's all yeah, about. But is, it, so. was it, is that the plan then? So we, we've done life aquatic. Uh, then that have a production meeting now. We're having a production meeting live on the live, live on air production. Live on air production meeting. We agree. I thought we agreed we're doing Life Aquatic, <laughs> and then then next Friday comes out Army of Dead, which we will record and release slightly late. Apologies, fans. It's Netflix fault, not ours. <laughs> and then we'll then we'll be going back into Amigos picks. Oh, okay. Yeah, just cut that bit out then. I just leave it. I just leave it in because I, you know, want to give people, back. want to give people that that raw, fresh feel of what it's really like to deal with crime. <laughs> yeah, no, that'll be a that'll be a good one. Zack Snyder. Anything else to add, people? Any requests to put out to the listeners? Amigos picks aren't in yet, so if you want to try and sway any any opinions, um, you know, fire it in there. I will pre-warn everyone that because I've been listening to those alien um, audiobooks that I'm feeling very, very, very tempted to put aliens on mine. Put it in. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say, folks. Oh, and also... Ben game Adam, over, get, get man, game in. over! <laughs> get your fucking picks in. <laughs> Stop delaying. Stop have, delaying. Have you picked yours yet? Have you, have you decided on a film? Well, uh, yes. It's in the list. We've It's in the confirmed uh, film list in the chat. Oh, so you're going for, you're going for the classic? The... I'm going for the classic. He's going for Heat. Show. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, people. <laughs> that, film, that film's runtime is over my threshold. So be prepared for a hostile son. But, <laughs> but it's an amazing film. It's no, ah, oh, it, it oh, I can't even begin. Save it for the cast. Well, at least you didn't pick Interstellar, so everything you pick some mercy. So I've not decided on mine yet. I tell you, Dan, Dan, just to, Dan, just to be clear, just to be clear, big fan of Interstellar. Come on, Dan. 
Anybody who picks Interstellar's... Give the listeners what they want. Get, getting getting booed straight <laughs> after this podcast. Ben, how can you say that, man? I, I, can't, I can't believe it. I can't. I can't. Oh, I think, you know, this is going to be like an entertaining podcast. <laughs> I won't even so watch it. it. I'll just, I'll just give you, just give you a breakdown from, from start to finish. He, Interstellar... The, it's like it's the it's the month of the big films, the big and the best. Triple A. I find a nice indie film then I can bring to the table. Yeah, just uh, I think he's probably getting another call. Yeah, I did get another call. Right, boys, let's let's get off because need to answer this phone. Because the bro is interrupting. Aye. Right, amigos, let's go. We'll catch you next time. See you later. That's uh, an adios from me. Oh, that yeah, yeah, like, like well, yeah. <laughs> that, that's, saying, that's, that's not your. Oh, right, that's not right. your usual. <laughs> Sorry, right. apologies. On, we'll leave all this in as well because we want to know people to know how professional we are. Right, that's a, a goodbye from me. See you next time. Dan again? Uh, are we going from Dan? Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, three, two, one, Dan. Wait, let's restart again one more time. All right. All right, baby. Let's do this. Let's do this one more time. Let's one more so time. So don't forget to follow us on oh. all our usual channels. That's <laughs> Films with Me goes on the ground. <laughs> Email is it. <laughs> our email address you'll find it on a previous episode uh... <laughs> right films with me goes at gmail.com films with me goes Instagram blah 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 that's a goodbye from me nice see you next time it's too adios yeah <laughs>